0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spafford joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you from socially distant locations at Lambeau Field. Wes, the NFC Championship game is almost upon us. It will be Sunday, a 2.05 p.m. Central Time kickoff at Lambeau Field, the first time the NFC title game will be here in Green Bay in 13 years. And, uh, I tell you, let's get right into it. Whether you want to talk Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady, uh, Packers offense against those inside linebackers for Tampa Bay, whatever the matchup is, what do you feel is the biggest key to victory for Green Bay in this football
1: game? Well, you hit on it right there, Mike. For me, it is the Packers offense versus this linebacker unit. And also Todd Bowles. I mean, one of the stats, and I'm sure you got a chance to read insider inbox. You have to edit me. Uh, one of the things I found really interesting is Rodgers was exceptional against the Blitz all season. 125 passer rating in the 15 games other than Tampa Bay when he sees pressure in his face. 67% completion percentage, over 1,200 yards passing, 17 touchdowns to two interceptions. Then you look at the 17 attempts he had against the Buccaneers the first time, and he had a seven passer rating. They got the two picks on him. They only threw for 63 yards. They came up with a great adjustment. That first time around, you tip your cap to them. But as Matt LaFleur said, and as also Aaron Rodgers has talked about this week, that's week six. That's not today. Seeing what the next move is for both the offense and seeing exactly how Bowles uses those linebackers this time around, I think is going to be really telling because Green Bay needs to be able to run the football. It's the top rank run defense, in the National Football League, but they got to make their job easy. They have to find ways to keep themselves in, in manageable second and third down situations. And from there, it's up to Rodgers. It's up to the the National Football League's likely MVP this season coming through and being able to solve this defense. Todd Bowles is as good as it gets, Mike. I have long admired his defenses going back to his time in Arizona and even before that. I mean, for him to be able to dial up and and adjust, and as Rodgers even said, kind of on the cutting edge, and having these two really exceptional inside linebackers to work with, Devin White, doing things traditional inside backers don't do, almost sort of reminds me a little bit of those Ryan Shazier linebackers that sort of penetrated through the league, you know, five, six years ago, dynamic players that aren't just coverage. They aren't just run stoppers. They can blitz too. seeing how Green Bay adjusts to that is going to be a real telltale sign. I think on who ultimately comes out on top.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we saw over the course of this season how good the Packers' offensive line was and what it has done along with the running backs, the tight ends picking up the blitzes and stuff. They had a bad day against Tampa Bay back in week six. That was that was the anomaly because the protection of this unit has been, has been really, really strong all season long. But on the other side of that, you, you hinted at it as well. I think this game, maybe more than any other this season, is going to test the Packers' true commitment to the running game because this Tampa Bay defense is the best in the league against the run statistically. And we've seen it Wes. We saw in the second half about a month ago against Carolina, when the Packers got away from that commitment to the run, they were trying to force things, you know, certain ways and things didn't go well. And since that game, the Packers, have, the offensively, Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers, everybody, they've recommitted to the run, and you saw Green Bay ran all over the Tennessee Titans. They ran all over the Los Angeles Rams. When th- This is the game because of this Tampa Bay defense and how it's constructed. This is a game that is going to test that commitment to the run. It may not be shiny and flashy to get three and four yard carries all the time when you're handing off on first or second down but the packers are going to have to stick with it because that's the only way you're going to keep todd bowles defense honest and not let him just dial up and scheme up whatever he wants and have his guys pin their ears back as they say and come after the quarterback you've got to stay committed to the run to keep that defense guessing a little bit and i think if the packers can do that they can find some efficiency against a really, really good defense.
1: Yeah. And that's why I love being able to see, you know, AJ Dillon be back at practice on Wednesday. And obviously that's just one practice where there's two more to go at the time in which we're taping this. You have to see if he'll be available for Sunday, but if he is, the different versions of that backfield that they can deploy is going to be really essential. I feel against Tampa Bay for starters, you know, this is an outside zone team. They're a wide zone team. That's what green Bay wants to do. But you and I both know when you have linebackers that can play sideline to sideline, like both Levante David and Devin White can, that challenges that. But think back to some of the runs the Green Bay Packers did have in that game against Tampa Bay that were successful. It was running north and south. It was Jamal Williams breaking into the second level and making guys pay, dipping his shoulder and really laying into some defenders. And that's what they did last week very well against the Los Angeles Rams. I'm not saying the Packers have to get outside of themselves, but if you're able to, kind of plow forward with Williams and Dylan, find ways to get Aaron Jones open in space, whether it's with the passing game or finding ways to get him the ball as a runner. That's going to be critical because that's what allows Green Bay to not only protect the football, manage the down and distance in time of possession in this game. Green Bay this year has been so good at shortening ball games. They need to do that today, or I should say on Sunday against this opponent, because what you saw last week, they ran early It wasn't big runs, was it? It was a 60-yarder after halftime, but before that, it was 14, 15 carries, gritty yards, 70, you know, yards early on, and then the dam broke. So I I feel like that's the number one thing that's going to help set up Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams in the passing game is coming out and imposing that will. But I have to mention Vita Vea changes this a little bit. If there wasn't a Vita Vea question question uh, question mark earlier this week. If he was still not designated to return, I think it's a lot easier to do that. But when you put a 349 pound defensive tackle out there, it's going to be a challenge and Green Bay has to be ready for it.
0: Yeah, I'm really curious what's going to happen with Vita Vea with him having been out really upwards of three months now. And the fact that he is just now being designated to return from IR, that's only three practices after three months away. And essentially the, you know, Buccaneers coach Bruce Arians said on Wednesday, all they really had was, was a walkthrough having played late in the day on Sunday. So um, I'm, I'm, Vitavea may play and, and, and they may activate, him, right. but how many, how many snaps is he really going to be able to play after a three-month layoff and hardly any time on the practice field? We'll see. This is the NFC yeah. Championship. This is not a mid-October <laughs> game where you're looking at you know getting a guy back for the long haul and all that. So some of the conventional thinking maybe goes out the window, but I am curious just exactly how that's going to play out and, and what impact that will have on the Packers' running game and the Buccaneers' ability to stop the run.
1: Yeah. And I don't know Arians and bowls philosophy either with guys coming off injured reserves. Certainly green Bay has done it both ways. There's been times where guys have been activated. I think Alan Lazard and then he used the full 21 day window uh, before he returned to the roster. At the same time, uh, I can think of other guys that have come up and I think Kamal Martin being one of them that just practiced that week and then played. So there is an adjustment there, but certainly, I mean, when you look at Jason Pierre, Paul and Adamic and Sue, I mean, this defense is just name after name and in green Bay Know this is going to be a challenge. I, you know, the way I laid it out was they were able to in the five things story. I did they were able to beat the league's top ranked scoring defense, the top ranked total defense, and in the top ranked passing defense. Well, now you get the run defense. Can you find a way to solve that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And of course, on the offensive side of the ball, we'll repeat what we said on our last show, which is that the Packers have to protect the football because. Look, the bottom line for me is this, Wes. I don't think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the New Orleans Saints last week if the Saints protect the ball. You look at that game, the Saints were already down one nothing in turnovers but had a seven-point lead in the second half and were headed for a two-score lead, even being down 1-0 to in turnovers. Then the second turnover happened, and it was like everything was – all downhill for the Buccaneers from there. And the saints were fighting uphill and they just, and and they couldn't overcome it. I I'm not saying the Packers have to win the turnover battle. I honestly think if this game is zero, zero in turnovers like like last week week was against the Rams. I think if you're the Packers, you take that. I think that puts you in a really, really good position to win
1: without question, Mike. I mean, that's why green Bay won last week. They didn't turn over the football. They didn't give the Rams any chances to kind of seize the field position in that matchup and you saw when it just came pushed came to shove remit Packers have a soon-to-be three-time MVP quarterback they have a four-time Pro Bowl receiver and they had weapons galore that were able to matriculate the ball down the field so I mean for them to be able now to, to come out and do that again that's going to be the ultimate key in this Mike because Tampa Bay is really really good I said this to a buddy of mine last night in a text. These are the two top teams in the NFC. I firmly believe that the the cream has risen to the top here at the end of the season, two very complete units, not flawless, but have earned their way to this opportunity. And then Mike, first and foremost, lastly, I have to say, this game's being played at Lambeau field. This is not Raymond James stadium could be in two weeks, but it's not Raymond James stadium today. Green Bay needs to use that their advantage. They know this field. They know these weather conditions and there's it's undeniable, Mike, when you play in an environment like this, it's going to slow the game down that works to green Bay's benefit.
0: Yeah. And it sounds like there is snow in the forecast for Saturday night into Sunday morning. Maybe the snow will have stopped by the time kickoff rolls around. We will just have to see, but again, When you can win a playoff game in the NFL by 14 points, when the turnovers are 0-0, that tells you you don't have to take the ball away to win. The Packers don't have to do that. They just have to protect it like they did last week. Quickly here, Wes, Sirius XM NFL Radio Channel 88 is the only radio outlet dedicated to the National Football League seven days a week, 365 days a year. All right, well, as we know, the Packers are trying to get back to the Super Bowl for the first time in a decade. The Buccaneers as a franchise trying to get to the back to the super bowl for the first time in 18 years defensive side of the ball here mike pettin's crew against tom brady and company what do you see as the keys on in this scenario for uh for the packers to keep the edge in this ball game
1: you remember when you 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 got your um kids to learn how to ride a bicycle, Mike. You remember those days? I do remember those days. The the great thing about that is that every day is improvement, right? You might be a little uncertain the first time you get on there, maybe take your nicks and your bumps and bruises, but it all leads into eventually being able to kind of just push them off and let them go. You don't work your way backwards. For Green Bay's defense, don't work their way backwards. This is a much better defense than it was in week six. It's a much better defense than it was in week 12. Uh, I feel like Green Bay needs to keep the ball rolling on that side of the, the ball. If you were looking at from a swag rating, like if, if Matt Arvin could put up like a swag graphic, Green Bay is at its at its peak right now. I mean, they have serious confidence heading into this game, and rightfully so, Mike. They've gone now two, almost two full months of playing really high-level defense in exceptional run defense, and they haven't ruptured. You can't rupture. You can't allow them to have those big plays. And and I feel like that does start up front. Ronald Jones, it was a very good performance, but it's not the type where you're you're going to remember five years from now. Man, do you remember when Ronald Jones gashed Green Bay in week six? No, it was just a really consistent 20 carry, 120-yard day, and Green Bay didn't have a consistent answer for him in that game. And that's what – you talk about the the turnover battle. That's what allowed Tampa Bay to control – the tempo of that game—they got takeaways, they got solid field position, and they ran the ball really, really well. That's where Green Bay has to start this thing. You're going to see both Jones and you're going to see Leonard Fournette. Fournette has looked better the last couple of weeks, and, it, and it's allowed him to get more snaps. That's the one-two punch. Yes, there's Brady. Yes, there's Mike Evans. All these other weapons that they have, Gronk, but being able to continue to play solid run defense is going to be critical. And from there, Mike. You and I have seen it. We've seen it for two years now, and we've really noticed it the last few weeks. When you get to third and seven plus, this defense is different. There is just a look in their eye that is just a a feeling that not only are we going to get a stop here, but we could potentially get a takeaway. We could potentially get a sack that takes away 10 more yards. That's where this defense is at right now. It's as good as it's been all season. Got to keep that going.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And And I think when it comes to... Obviously, you've got you've got you've got to stop the run. You can't you can't let Tampa Bay dictate things with that running game with Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette because they they've they've discovered something here, you know, the whole playoff Lenny thing that's going on with with Fournette and what he's been able to produce in the postseason. While Ronald Jones has not quite been a hundred percent with uh with that leg injury, but it's developed into a pretty good one-two punch. And the Packers can't let that ground game dictate things. When it comes to Tom Brady passing the ball, it's been the age-old story as far as I'm concerned. When you can pressure Tom Brady in his face, when you can get pressure on the interior, that's what can really disrupt Tom Brady's rhythm and disrupt his accuracy and all those things that that you know his, he, he's made a Hall of Fame career out of doing. And so to me, a lot of that falls on Kenny Clark. He's the Packers' best interior rusher. But also when it comes to passing situations, we've seen – Zayarius Smith move inside as a rusher, so then Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary are on the edges. And Zadarius Smith got a sack of Jared Goff last week, right up the middle. You know, coming with the interior pressure. That's where the Packers have to have to get at Brady. He can he can sidestep the edge guys. He can step up in the pocket if there's room there. When if the edge guys are winning, he doesn't have as far doesn't have those kind of options when that pressure is in his face. And that's how teams have beaten Tom Brady in big games. In the past.
1: Yeah, they really have Mike. And, and that's why I really do look at this matchup. Like, yeah, I mean, it's going to matter. You got to make sure that, you know, the, the edge rushers have to still hold, you know, hold their, you know, edges and whatnot. You can't let guys get stretched outside. You have to be cognizant of all that. You need a lot of the traditional type defensive uh, success in this game. But ultimately I just think this game is one between the hashes. I really do, Mike. I, I think it's going to be stopping them when they're trying to plow forward. You, you mentioned uh, with Fournette and playoff Lenny and everything like that. He, it honestly reminds me a lot of LaGarrett Blunt when, and maybe that's just the, the the Tom Brady comparisons with the success they had with Blunt in, in New England. But just the guy that okay, you might look at his regular season statistics and not be wild, but none of that matters in the playoffs. If you can't stop him, if you can't hold him to three yard, two yard gains, it's going to be a long afternoon. And that's what gets Brady into a rhythm I, I, that game, the way he bounced back. You want to talk about mental toughness. You want to talk about resolve that game could really have not had started much worse for the Buccaneers absent a take a giveaway in the early going there against the saints. But they got that sneak as I talked about earlier this week. And after that, they started throwing the ball better in their throw pass set up the run. And it was just this snowball that just kept rolling and rolling and rolling until the next thing you knew, it really wasn't that close of a game. So yeah, Brady up front, Kenny Clark, exceptional performance last week. Zadarius Smith, if they do some more of the Rover stuff with him, hovering over the top of the center, knifing through, those are all the looks I want to see from this defense because the other thing to talk about quickly, everybody practiced on Wednesday. We'll see what Thursday looks like, but the fact that yeah. everybody was back out there, Kingsley Kiki, a limited participant after missing three weeks here with the concussion, it's all right there for Green Bay. This is as healthy as they've been all season. You have to make sure that you get your players out there you get them feeling good and you get after that quarterback.
0: Yeah. One other thing I want to ask you about with regard to the defensive side of the ball, we saw last week when the Los Angeles Rams kind of went to the up-tempo, the no huddle muddle huddle type of stuff. That's when Jared Goff kind of got into a rhythm. Now it was a lot of short passes. It was dinking and dunking, but that's when the Rams were, were moving down the field successfully successfully. I know the weather could have a factor here, whether it's snowing, you know, 10 plus degrees colder than it was last Saturday in Green Bay. But do you think the Packers' defense has to be prepared? for Bruce Arians and Tom Brady maybe trying to replicate some of what the Rams and golf did with that up-tempo stuff to keep green Bay's defense on its heels. Is that something you have to be prepared for?
1: Ram, the Rams and golf. I mean, Trubisky and the bears the week earlier. I mean, yeah. the completion percentage has been really high here. I mean, now again, credit to green Bay's defense. They haven't let those things rupture guys have tackled to the ball. They've yeah. minimized those, those things. You look at that. I mentioned to you, uh Mooney, I think it was against the bears had the 54-yard catch, still was held underneath 100 yards, even though he had nine catches for the game. So Green Bay's done a good job of that. But, I I mean, that's ultimately, I think, what Arians and and Byron Lefwich and and Brady are looking at this week. Okay, this is the way it lines up for us. How can we find ways to get the ball down the field in an opposing venue that's going to be somewhat hostile? I mean, there's going to be 9,000 people in there again, and, and they're going to be playing in that environment in the cold. It's a different situation. So what's the thing that allows you to get into a groove? It's the underneath passing game. It's being able to get Gronk involved. It's being able to find ways to get Mike Evans the ball. Last week, Evans was pretty much held in check. What will his success look like this week, potentially seeing Jair Alexander? All of those things play into it. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, Green Bay can't let Brady get into that groove because when he does, it, it's going to be a long night. And they, and they, the hurry up offense, it was a good adjustment. The one thing I think Green Bay is going to have maybe a, a better opportunity with is I don't think they're going to get caught in the base look as much. That was one of the issues there when, when the Rams went hurry up, they still had their base personnel on there and they couldn't get them off they, before they could get Christian Kirksey and the nickel back out there. I, I think you're probably going to see more nickel in this matchup. So that probably behooves green Bay a little bit, but certainly Mike, when you have that on the film, you know, you have to be able to come out yeah. and show that, yeah, we have an answer for it. And we're going to be able to get a stop because once green Bay did, once they got that incompletion against golf, then they were having a harder time getting that going again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, before we go, I'll just get your thoughts quickly on the AFC Championship game. You've got the Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs, the top two seeds in the AFC, number two traveling to number one. Interestingly here, obviously last year, the Chiefs broke a 50-year drought for their franchise in terms of getting to the Super Bowl. Not only did they get there, obviously they won it. The Buffalo Bills now trying to break a 27-year drought Uh, absence from the super bowl. What do you think of this one? I I said, from the beginning of the playoffs, I, to me, I just felt like if there was one team in the AFC that would have a chance to knock off the chiefs who have been the clear favorite, and they've been the best team in that conference all season long. If there was one team that had a chance to do it, it was going to be the Buffalo bills. This is their chance. I'm not saying that they're going to do it, but to me, I, I wouldn't be shocked if this game goes either direction. The the chiefs may hold serve, but if the Bills go into Kansas City, go into Arrowhead and win this game, I will not be blown off my chair by any stretch of the imagination.
1: You you, you know, you have a, a few more years on me, so maybe you'll remember this clearer than I few. do. And if I say this and sound foolish, I apologize in advance, but I was still alive in the mid-90s. And I remember what 94, 95 felt like with the Packers. This Bills team kind of reminds me of the 95 Packers a little bit. Now, the question is, can they be the 96 unit? Obviously right. not number one ranked defense, not all that stuff, but... The way they win, it kind of reminds me of those mid90s Packers. One, they've changed the narrative. They're no longer just the laughing stock. They are respectable again, and they're making, as you said, a, a really good argument to be back in the Super Bowl for the first time in you know almost 30 years. Now that being said, can the defense answer the call against Kansas City's offense? I really want to see, I, I hope first and foremost, Patrick Mahomes is fine with the head injury is the biggest thing. From a human standpoint, you hope everything checks out there. Yeah, But I really do hope he plays in this game. I want to see Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. The playoffs are better with him on the field. He's, he's one of the most marketable, brandable players. When you think of the National Football League now, you think of Patrick Mahomes. So I want to see him be able to be out there. And if he is... Can the Bills answer that? And offensively, Josh Allen's one of the most exciting young players in the league. I love the way he plays the game. He is the the straw that stirs that drink offensively. Stefan Diggs was a great addition for him. They have weapons. They they play to their weapons. Cole Beasley, uh, as the slot option, leading the league in slot yardage this year. There's just so many things that they do well. It's the matchup, much like how I felt Green Bay and in T- Tampa Bay is the best two teams in the NFC as good as the AFC was this year, this is the way you wanted to see it work out. This is how you wanted to see that matchup play out.
0: Yeah. I think if there's one thing that, there's one thing that helps the bills in their effort to pull the upset here, it's that, they face the Kansas City Chiefs in yes. the regular season. This isn't going to be a case of the defense, the coaching staff, everybody not really, you know, there, there's something about that Patrick Mahomes offense and Tyreek Hill and his speed and Travis Kelsey and the the things that he brings as a tight end that that other guys can't replicate. When you're seeing that, when you're going up against that site unseen, that can be a really, really tough adjustment adjustment to make. The Bills have seen it. They played against it this year. And it was a pretty close game. If I remember, I think it ended up being just a three, three yeah, point game, a a one, one score game. If, if I recall. So the fact that Buffalo and Buffalo played Kansas city already, I think that works to, uh, I think that works to Buffalo's advantage as the underdog going into Arrowhead.
1: Oh no, it was, I got so close. I was so confident in 27, 24. It was 26, 17 kansas city won that game okay. but no well,
0: i guess so i guess it was two scores it was not it was nine points it definitely felt. well like in the, the xfl they
1: would have been a, that would have actually been a one score game but okay I mean, all yeah. right well. so you're you're partially right uh no it again it's a great matchup i love what kansas City is built and, and and mike the storylines right now write themselves you can't have any bad matchup in the super bowl i mean i guess for packer fans you could um uh, <laughs> but but no i mean all these things are great whether it's Buffalo trying to end that drought, whether it's Kansas City making their own run at a dynasty now, Tampa Bay and Tom Brady trying to make that run to a Super Bowl with a new team in his first year and in the Buccaneers trying to play in their home stadium. And then Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, the best quarterback that's ever played the game, the most intelligent, the most complete 5 to a player we've ever seen at the position, trying to get back to the promised land it's Thursday morning and time in which we're taping this yesterday was Wednesday. The day before that was Tuesday, all of these, Mike, I've been on my seat just waiting to get to Sunday afternoon. It is going to be an exceptional weekend. I hope Packer fans out there enjoy it because these opportunities don't come around often and enjoy that run.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be be a whale of a Sunday, championship Sunday in the NFL. With that, we'll call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the big game Sunday. We'll have it all for you on Packers.com. For Wes, I'm Mike. Thanks for tuning in,
1: everybody. See you next time.